Welcome back to Made in March. Today is Thursday, March 2nd. Alex, how many days do we have till Selection Sunday? Wesley's not here for the countdown. We have just 10 days until Selection Sunday. 10 days. It's a short amount of time, but we'll tell you what hasn't been a short amount of time, and that's the uh, <laughs> the amount of time since our last episode. It's been, I think, over three months. Yeah, it's we're coming up we, on about three and a half months here. Listen, we're not going to bore you with the reasons behind it, both personal and technical, with our publisher, but... We at mid-March, we want to really apologize. I mean, we've been more inconsistent than ever this year, and inconsistency was kind of our thing prior to that. Yeah. Um, Alex, do you want to hit him with the real apology? I mean, we really have no excuses. As you guys know, we are college students, but the thing is, is we all live together. We see each other on a daily basis, and for us three never to have a time to come together and give you guys an episode, and we know you've been waiting for one, that's completely on us. We take full responsibility. Um as Charlie mentioned, Wesley is not here today. He's actually attending the Badgers versus Purdue game tonight. But we are here. We're going to bring you some great content. we got a lot to catch up on. A lot has unfolded. This has been an absolutely electric season. Yes. And and we're getting down into it. It's now we March. Are. It's the best time Once of again, the year. 10 days till Selection Sunday. We're in the best month of the year. Um, do you want to tell them what our schedule is looking like going forward? Yeah, so we're going to bring you guys this episode today. We are going to record a week from today, so next week, Thursday, and then we are going to hit you with an episode Sunday night right after the selection show where we will give you our bracket breakdown and preview. Which is always the most fun episode of the year. Yep. So while we have been otherworldly inconsistent, and once again, it's it's totally on us, we have no real, like, it's on us, but we can fully commit to giving you three episodes before tip off of the first game of March Madness. And one other thing I want to mention quick for the viewers um, that have stayed consistent with us, you guys know that we like to host our own bracket challenge. We will be doing a bracket challenge again this year, so details on that uh, in our next episode next week, Thursday. And then there is going to be that cash prize again where we will Venmo one the person that wins the bracket challenge. All you have to do is DM us on social media, either Instagram or Twitter, and then if you win, we'll reach out to you. We'll hit you with a free $50. Yeah, and we're going to try to see if we can keep our brackets out of that bottom 5 percentile <laughs> yep, this yep, year. Yep. Anyways, enough of this sappy nonsense because we've got a lot of college basketball to catch up on. Obviously, we are not going to recap from three months ago <laughs> each day into the present. Uh, but rather, we're going to do buy, sell, hold. It's a segment that we've done a lot of times before. And really, I think it'll just give a good overview of some specific teams we want to talk about. Um, once again, for those who are unfamiliar, buy sell it's pretty self-explanatory, but you're either buying the team, selling the team, or holding the team relative to their current standing. So let's say a team is projected as a seven seed in Lenardi's Bracketology. If you buy them, you're not saying that they're going to win the national championship. No, no, no. You're just saying that you think that they will over-succeed from their current projections uh, the rest of the way. So let's start it off with a team that's been, had two really interesting games the last two games, and that's Indiana out of the Big Ten. Alex, are you buy, sell, hold on them? I'm I'm going to hold on Indiana just because they have a ton of talent. Obviously, they have TJD, Player of the Year candidate, and Jalen hood Shafino, maybe the best freshman in the country. Um, but they haven't been consistent enough for me. Um, they've picked up two big wins over Purdue this year at home and on the road. But then they just got blown out at home by Iowa recently by 22. So it's the consistency that scares right. me with this team. But they do have a ton of talent on their roster. So I could see them making a run. 
I agree with you 100%. I mean, it's a hold. If you would have asked me after the Purdue game, I mean, they looked so good there with Jalen Huchifino dropping, what, 35? Mm-hmm. I would have probably been on the bye. But they're, they're two on and off. And also part of that Purdue thing is I actually think they match up really well with Purdue just putting yeah. TJD on Edie. I think that's a favorable matchup for them. But the key to this team is Jalen Huchifino, in my opinion, because you know what you're getting out of TJD every night. Would you agree? To some extent, not Be- entirely. I mean, in the Purdue game, Jalen Huchifino dropped 35, and then... But you also look at that Purdue game, and TJD had, like, six points. Right, but that's my point. TJD's going to get his every single game. He's an All-American, one of the best players in college basketball. I think Indiana knows that they're going to get very, very solid production out of TJD night in, night out, but on nights when Jalen Huchifino is on, Indiana is a really lethal team, and on nights where he's off, they can almost lose to anybody. Um, I think... Both Hood Shafino and TJD have shown me that they can be consistent. I think they're going to need a third guy to step up and score. Trey Galloway is one of those guys. Yeah. I know he's defense first, but he's shown the ability to score the ball. He's a decent three-point shooter. And also Miller Cop. They need him to knock down shots when the double comes for TJD because he's the best three-point shooter they have, and he's been a bit inconsistent this year. Yeah, and I don't want to speak for you, but at least the hold for me is I could see so many things happening with Indiana. I could see them getting upset first round, and I could also see them just being dominant and going on like an Elite Eight Final Four type of run. I just think that there's so much that could happen with this Indiana team. Definitely. Next, we've got a team very near and dear to your heart, of course, the Marquette Golden Eagles, who, by the way, are ranked sixth in the nation. Huge shout-out to Shaka Smart. Yep. Do you think he deserves Coach of the Year? I, I really think he does, considering that we were a an eight-seed last year, um, Shaka's first year. We are, I believe, the second youngest Power 5 um, basketball team in the country. And so what he's done, projected to finish ninth in the Big East preseason, is truly remarkable. Just clinched the outright Big East regular season title, and they're tracking for a two, poss- or a three, possibly two seed. Yeah, I mean, I would tend to lean on Shock Smart for Coach of the Year as well. And everyone knows, oh, they were picked to finish ninth in the Big East, and you know, uh, Tyler Kolek's famous quote at Big East Media Day, f him. But um. I think what really deserves more credit is that it's not like Shaka just went out and got a whole ton of transfers. He's doing it with guys that were on the team last year, both as contributors and honestly guys that maybe didn't contribute as much last year and just putting them in the spotlight. So what he's done with this team is nothing short of incredible, but we'll stop waxing poetic and let's cut to the chase. Buy, sell, hold. I'm going to, I'm going to hold. I have two reasons for this. One, like I mentioned earlier, they're a very, very young team with very little tournament experience. I mean, you look at last year, we were starting Justin Lewis, Kirkweth, Daryl Morsell, right, and also Tyler Kolek and Omax. So those guys, they have some tournament experience, but the other guys were coming off the bench and didn't play that much, and Cam Jones and Oso. Now, I would say this whole team has taken a big step. Every single player has taken a massive jump forward, but the youth scares me, and also Marquette, is a terrible free throw shooting team, yeah, well, and yeah. that really scares yes. me at that the end of well. at the end of games. I'm a tentative buy. I I I want to echo a lot of what you said, but if you look at the public opinion of Marquette, you would not think that they are ranked sixth in the entire nation. Every bracketology you look at, I have not seen them on the two line yet. And just mathematically, the top eight ranked teams should be two seeds if you're just going by conventional wisdom. The free throw shooting does worry me. That's why this is a tentative by um but i actually think marquette's better defensively than they're giving credit for i really love 
what Stevie brings to the table on defense. He's an absolute hound out there. I mean, I don't know how many steals he's averaging per game, but it's pretty impressive. And then, yes, they're a young team, but I think something needs to be said for the fact that this is the same group of guys. They were all together last year, basically. And I think maybe some of that lack of age can be substituted for just increased team cohesion for being together for those couple years. What are your thoughts on that? That's fair. I know Shaka preaches um, just team chemistry and relationships. And I think what Marquette has going for them is they have two very good guards. Tyler Kolek should win Big East Player of the Year. He's an ultimate leader out there. And then Cam Jones can fill it up on any given night. And when I'm picking brackets, I like to look at the guards. So that's one thing that Marquette's got going for him. Absolutely. And if Kolek wasn't winning Big East Player of the Year... Cam Jones would be in the discussion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe you can argue some other guys, maybe like Sule Boom. But Cam Jones is a really, really good player. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Marquette, they're a very well-known basketball program, I would say, but they haven't won a tournament game in a decade. So, Which is surprising. It's, it's wild. But it's. I think it's our time to go win a few games. I think so, too. And once again, the reason I'm a tentative buy is because, you know, you can't get much higher than number six, the nation, but I don't think people are viewing them as such. Yeah. I mean, the reason is that is just because, I mean, you look at the big 12, I think they have four teams that are on either the one or two line. And just because they have like literally every game in the big 12, it feels like it's quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bloodbath there, but I mean, the big East is no slouch of a conference. Like the big East has got some great teams in it, but they just don't have as many opportunities as like a big 10 or big 12 team. Right. Right. Moving on here, we've got an interesting team. I think last time we recorded, uh, we were talking about one of their opening weekend losses, but we've got Gonzaga. Buy, sell, hold. I, I'm going for my third hold in a row. Um, I promise that I'll change Boring. in the next few. Um, the thing that scares me about Gonzaga is their defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're an offensive powerhouse. There's no doubt about that. Um, Drew Timmy's elite. Everyone knows that. Julian Strother's taking a big step this year. But again, I think they need a third scorer to come in and get buckets. Whether that's Anton Watson, Hunter Salas, I'm not really sure. Um, right. I mean, they got two guys that are going to give you points on a consistent basis, but I think they need that third guy to I up. think they need a third guy to rely on for sure, but saying someone they need to get buckets, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I mean, they're the number one offensive team in the nation, according to Kempon. Either one or two. Let me fact check that one real quick. Yeah, number one offensive team in the nation. That's that's why I have a buy on them, honestly. I mean, Gonzaga, outside of their loss to St. Mary's um, about, I don't know, what, what was that, three weeks to a month ago, mm-hmm. which was a wild game, by the way. St. Mary's was playing some really good ball. They haven't, they, they haven't lost since Loyola Marymount, which admittedly was a pretty embarrassing pretty loss, but, home loss. But, but I, mean, I mean, how many months? That had to have been two months ago. I mean, they're on a real heater, and at the beginning of the year, Yes, they were very disappointing. What were they preseason? Number two in the nation? Yeah. I think that people, and once again, this is sort of taking voice of public opinion into account here, but I think given their relative disappointment last year and their disappointing start to the year, people are going to sleep on Gonzaga. And yes, maybe it's not like a Corey Kispert, Jalen Suggs type team, but I think this Gonzaga team's got a lot of firepower. It's just it's just the defense that really scares me. When these higher seeds get upset, generally I would say it's because they're playing 
a good defensive efficiency team. Like, you look at St. Peter's last year. Yeah. Offensively, they're not good at all. But defensively, they're able to hang with the Kentuckys and the Purdue's and just make it a rock fight. And then they just catch fire offensively, mm-hmm. and it's just that and lightning because, in a bottle. Because once it's close, it's a toss-up at that point. Yeah. I mean... When you're in March. (laughs) Like, anything can happen. So it's just the defense that scares them for me. Um, But I wouldn't bet against Drew Timmy to go win the Zags a few games. Yeah. Next up, we've got another Big East team, in addition to Marquette here, UConn. You always seem to like UConn. Are are you going to be buying them? I'm going to buy again. Okay. I agree with you. (laughs) I'm, I'm buying UConn. They go nine deep. Um, But what I think is different about this team is they have an elite scoring guard. You look at last year's team, they started R.J. Cole and Tyrese Martin. I would say Tyrese Martin was defense first, R.J. Cole was probably pass first, but they never really had a guard that could go get you a bucket at any given point. This year, Jordan Hawkins, we talked about him a bit last year as a freshman. He didn't get much playing time. But, man, has he taken a massive jump. He's capable of 30 on any given night. Might might be the best shooter in all of college buckets. And then they still got Adama Sinogo. The defensive efficiency is still there with Andre Jackson. He brings the electric spark every night. I really like this UConn team. They're deep. They play both sides of the ball very well. I think it might be their year. I might be picking them to go far again. We'll see the draw. But I can easily see UConn making a Final Four. Yeah, I mean, UConn has burned us both pretty bad two years yeah. in a row. But I'm going to buy them as well. I mean, they've won seven out of their last eight. And let's not forget, were they were they number one in the country earlier in the year? Yeah, they started off 14. Yeah, they, they went on a cold stretch, but they seem to be back playing really good ball. Mm-hmm. And I, just to echo what you said, I love what Sonogo does down low. I mean, that guy's a beast. He, he's even hitting threes from time to time, as we've seen this year, which is quite impressive. Yeah, and I mean, talking about the depth, you go from Sonogo, biggest player of the year candidate, to seven foot to Donovan Klingon, a freshman who's just dominant down there. It's it's really tough because you got one big and then you go to another one who's obviously not quite as good, but he's still very dominant. Right. We'll see if you guys can get it done. Last year they got upset by New Mexico State. The year before that they lost to Maryland in like a 7-10. Yeah. But they were the 7, so. But I, I really think Jordan Hawkins is the difference on this team. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Next up we got two Blue Bloods here. Let's start out with Duke. I'm buying. Okay. I just, I mean, they're freshmen with Filipowski and Derek Lively. One's an offensive-minded guy, and Filipowski can knock down the three-step out. He's been very impressive. And then I love what Derek Lively brings on the defensive side. I think he's leading the NCAA in blocks. And then you guys know I love Jeremy Roach. I think Jeremy Roach is a floor general out there. He can get you a bucket. I think this Duke team's starting to figure it out. They got a big game against UNC this weekend, so we'll see if they they can complete the season sweep. I'm a tentative buy in them. Granted, I haven't watched as much Duke basketball as I would like to have, but they've won eight out of their last ten, and their two losses were to Virginia and Miami, who are some of the better teams Mm -hmm. in the ACC. You can debate the merits of especially Virginia and even now Miami after Miami lost to Florida State, who's like a quad 25 loss at this point, basically. (laughs) But... But, I mean, and you can also debate whether Duke has been, like, a relative success or not with their new coach. Because I think preseason, they were ranked number 10 or something to start yeah, the year. Yeah, they were ranked pretty high. But I, I don't believe they've lost at home yet this entire year. And, once again, they're starting to get hot at the right time. I'm I'm sort of a buy on Duke as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're they're young. I mean, that's yes. what Duke is. But yes. they're well-coached. Tyrese Proctor's taken a big jump mm-hmm. from the beginning of the year. So I like how he's progressing. I think they they got a solid team. Yeah. For sure. 
Are we ready to transition to the other blue blood here? Yeah, let's talk about Kentucky. Okay. I can start it off with Kentucky. If you would have asked me a couple days ago with Kentucky, I probably would have said, ah, I'm, I'm a hold. But right now, I'm, I'm honestly going to sell Kentucky. If you look at some of their recent games, yes, last night they lost to Vanderbilt, which mm-hmm. is not home. That's not a great loss. It's not like the worst loss in the world. It's not like you're losing to Florida State, but it's it's a pretty bad loss for them. That'll probably clock in as quad three. And um, their freshman, Kaysen Wallace, got injured in that game. Now, Coach Cal seems to think that it's not that serious of an injury. We'll see on that one because without him, I think that they would really struggle. And I'm I'm not sold on their depth either. If you look at their couple of wins they had before Vanderbilt, their starters, every single one was playing over 33 minutes. And that is not sustainable come March Madness when you have one day rest in between your games. I, I don't know. I, I'm selling this Kentucky team. What are your thoughts? I'm a hard sell as well. And I see this Kentucky and I compare them to last year's team that lost to St. Peter's. And I see the same thing, but worse. I think, again, this year they lack three-point shooting. C.J. Frederick's healthy, but he hasn't been what people thought yeah, he, he really, was going he really to be. Hasn't. I mean, you look at last night's game against Vandy, they were 3-19 from three. That's not going to get it done. They can't rely on Oscar Sheway to single-handedly go out there and win them games. I don't know what's been up with Severe Wheeler. He didn't play last night. I think he's slightly dinged up, but I think he's projected to be back for the tourney. But even so, he hasn't been the Severe Wheeler that he was right. last year. Um, so this Kentucky team scares me. Just because I don't think they do anything exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they rely a bit too much on Sheway, and they don't have the three-point shooters to get it done. I'm going to check out what Kentucky is in Ken Palm. Okay, so they're 22nd in Ken Palm. That's interesting. It's probably about what their ranking is. What are they, 23rd? I mean, they won't be they're on next the week. Or actually, yeah, yeah they're right, 23rd, 23rd, but they won't be right next week. Um, yeah, okay, so we're, we're actually agreeing on most of these. I, for some reason, thought you were going to be a buy on Kentucky, but all right, we're, we're both with a sell there. Um, and then last but surely not least, we have the Horned Frogs of TCU. Thoughts, comments, concerns? I'm, I'm going to be a big buy on TCU. Um, obviously, they're playing the best conference in ball, so they're going to yeah. be battle-tested. Oh, yeah. And they have Mike Miles. Um, like Mike Miles, Aside from last night, he's given you 38 games. Yes, but, <laughs> but that also just goes to show that they can beat elite teams even when their yeah, best player no. has a terribly off night. They're well-balanced. It's not just Mike Miles. Damian Bowes, a great piece. Emmanuel Miller is coming on strong. Emmanuel Miller is coming on strong. I agree. Um, I mean, what's the news on um, on Eddie? Do you know? Eddie's playing. Oh yeah, he came off the bench last night. So yeah, he's been banged up for part of the year. It's gonna be good to get Eddie healthy. Um, I'm not saying he's gonna start just because he has been dinged up, but we saw him last year. He could be an electric spark off the bench. <laughs> he was last year, that's um, for sure. But Mike Miles, he's been dinged up with injuries too this year, which yes. is why I think they're ranked a little bit lower than they should be. Um, but Mike Miles, when he's healthy, he's a top ten player in college basketball, in my opinion. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, I'm I'm a hold on TCU. I love Mike Miles just like you. And you're right, they have been banged up for part of the year, and it seems like right now they're getting healthy, possibly going to come into March with some momentum and be healthy. And I really like what happened last night because Mike Miles dropped, let me see, approximately one point going 0 of 8 from the floor, and TCU still beat Texas, who is number 9 in the nation. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it was at TCU, but that's still an impressive win. I don't, I don't care if you're at home, away, or playing on Mars. The only thing that really scares me about this team is their three-point shooting. I think they shoot below 30% as a team from three. That's not 
Very good. They're not the best three-point shooting team, but what they lack in that category, they make up running in transition. I think they yes. lead the country in transition points. Um, so that's something to watch out for. I think they're they run pretty highly defensively too, don't they? Yep, they're going to run on you. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to cause havoc on the defensive side of the ball. I think this TCU is just very well-rounded. I think anyone on any given night can go off. For I have a prediction. I think they're going to be a trendy Final Four pick. I really do. Mm. For people who are just printing out their bracket, or people don't print out brackets except me anymore, basically, but people who are <laughs> filling out their bracket, they're like, oh, TCU, they're ranked high. And then they click on their team, they and then they just do the broad overview. Okay, well, they've got Mike Miles, who's averaging like 23 points a game. They play in the battle-tested Big 12, like you said. I think that they're going to be a trendy Final Four team. They could be. And, I mean, they proved last year, what were they in? They were in the 8 or 9 yeah, and they were they were on the eight Arizona line. in the second round, but man, did they give them a run for their money? He took Arizona to overtime. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably should have won. There were some controversial yep. calls yep. that game, but all those guys are back. They'll be a higher seed this year, and I really think they can make a deep run. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to lead us into the next segment because we're gonna transition from buy sell hold here? Yeah, so we're gonna talk about some dark horse teams, and what we're going at in this segment, we're looking at teams somewhere projected to be around like a seven to. I guess lower and range. beyond. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess the first dark horse team that I want to talk about is Arkansas. Um, they were, I believe, preseason number ten, um, coming in with that huge recruiting class that Musselman yeah. brought. But what I really like about this team that I think makes them dangerous is their guard play. They have three elite guards in Nick Smith, um, who is just getting healthy by the yep, way. Anthony Black and Ricky Council. They got size. They're gonna run up and down the court. They're ranked pretty high in Ken Palm. Where are they? I'm not seeing them. 15. Oh, yeah, 15. Wow, that is high. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing in a really good conference. Um, they kept it close with Bama for a while They the other did day. get blown out last night by a Tennessee, by Tennessee team yeah. without Sakai Ziegler, which is a little worrisome That's maybe. fair, but they're young, but they just they have the talent. It's there. Yes, yes. And they can make a run. Oh, I agree. When you see Arkansas on the 8-9 line, if you're a one seed, I'm not so sure that you want to see that. Mm-hmm. So they have size, length. They're gonna match up with anyone. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, my my pick here. I think you're not gonna agree with from just some pre podcast conversation, but I think Michigan State is a dark horse team that can make a tourney run. It's kind of something I pick in my bracket year in year out. No matter the composition of the Michigan State team, it's it's just something I really do. But I think that this is a well rounded team on both sides of the ball, both offensively and defensively. And I think people mistake that. For them sort of being a master of none, you know, they're not a team that's going to typically run you up and down the court and score 100 points. And also they're not a team that's going to hold you to like 50 points. But I actually really kind of like their lineup. I mean, you got Tyson Walker, Jay Nakins is really coming on as of late. You got Hauser, who's got experience. And honestly, of all Big Ten teams to make a sneaky bet on in March Madness, I think Michigan State's the one. Tom Izzo coached. I like what I'm seeing out of Michigan State. Granted, they did have maybe one of the most embarrassing losses of all time to Iowa when they gave up, what, like 15 points in less than a minute. But Iowa's been on fire lately. Iowa just beat Indiana by about 25. So I think them, I don't want to say them even being close to Iowa in that game is a testament to how good they are because that could be a little bit of a stretch. But I like Michigan State. What are your thoughts? I'm I'm the complete opposite, okay. personally. I think they... They're balanced. I'll give them that. Yeah. But they lack a star. 
You're right. Okay, that, I for, agree with that. For a team to make a run, I think you need a star when the game's on the line to go get you a bucket. Like, who on Michigan State do you want going to take that clutch shot that they need? Well, it depends what it is. If it's exactly. just a shot, I would probably want Hauser. But if it's just someone driving, I would probably want Tyson Walker. That's that's what scares me with this team is they don't have that X factor. I agree, but it's not like they're a one seed, Alex. They're going to be on like the seven line. I, I just personally don't see them making. Sure, they don't have a Mike Miles, but I think I think that this Michigan State team is going to surprise a lot of people. Maybe it's not the most sexy pick in the book. It's not an Arkansas pick for sure, <laughs> but I. I'm scared about their bigs, too. I don't like Sissoko. I think defensively he's okay, but offensively he's yeah, a liability. Well, yeah, he's, he's not going to do anything on offense. That's that's pretty well known. I'm, I'm just worried about this team. But you look at their other four stars, and then they still have Malik Hall coming off the bench, who's a nice piece. I, I don't know. Betting against Tom Izzo's, I guess it's never a great thing to do. Usually not. I just don't think this team has the makeup. To make a deep run. Out of all the teams in the Big Ten, I think that Michigan State's one that I have the most clarity on. I feel like I at least know what's going on with that team. Well, so are we talking about like outside of like Purdue and Indiana? Because we both like but Indiana. I, yeah, I like Indiana, but like, Indiana. like yeah, I, yeah, I suppose outside of them. Okay. Um, see, I'm not buying into Northwestern. I no, can't say Northwestern, by the way, if we're doing a buy-sell hold, they would be a hard sell for me. I can't say I'm really buying into any um, Big Ten teams. If there's one dark horse team that I would pick... Michigan. But I, yeah, yep. it was going yep. to be Michigan. Yep. I was thinking them too. But they are right on the bubble. I think they're probably just on the outside looking in right now. They're, they're second in the Big Ten. I, yeah, isn't I that know. crazy? That's what I'm. Is Mich- Michigan starting to play better basketball? They're starting to find a little something. Um, I've heard Hunter Dickinson say that they're this team is more disappointing than a lot of their previous teams, just because he thinks that this right. is one of his most talented teams, but they're just not putting it together. I think Michigan finds a way to get in. We saw last year they were on the bubble and no one was expecting them to make mm-hmm. it, and they got in and they didn't even have to play in the first four. Yeah, and, I, but I like, hope you're like, right. Just talking about these Big Ten teams, like even Rutgers, you know, you would expect me on dark horse teams to make a run. You know, classic Charlie would be saying Rutgers is going to make a huge run. I don't really even see it in that Rutgers team. I think I think Rutgers can win a game in March Madness. You know, in a seed somewhere between eleven and seven. But I don't think that they can make a run. I mean, Northwestern, I think, is honestly frauds. Like, yeah. I really do. <laughs> the hype. I, I hope they stay I mean, on that six line because yeah. I'll pick against them. So. I mean, you got Illinois, who's clearly a talented team, but it's like, I, I don't... They haven't shown me anything. They haven't shown They're me anything. They're so it's, inconsistent. Matthew Myers out here drinking five monsters. Exactly. So. I, if you haven't heard that story, look up Matt Meyer Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> After their loss to Ohio State, by the way, loss... To Ohio State. Noted frauds of the Big Ten. He decided to hop on Call of Duty and drink five monsters and got caffeine poisoning. So he was on the shelf for about three days. Honestly, if that's me, freaking Batman's not getting that information out of me. I am yeah. keeping that to myself and just saying I got food poisoning. I don't know. The Big Ten as a whole scares me. Yes. Um, but if I were to pick a Dark Horse team from that conference, I would say Michigan. Um I actually like Michigan, too. I would, I'll give them an honorable mention because they might not even make the tournament, like we were saying. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's just my opinion anyway, on Michigan Anyway, our State. Big Ten ramble is over. Alex, <laughs> what's your next Dark Horse team? I am rocking with the boys of FAU 
from Conference USA. Mid-major pick. We love to see yep. it here at Mid-major Mid-major pick. I believe right now they're projected a 10 seed, though. So they're projected at large. Yeah. Um, Do you so think this, if they don't win their conference, they still get in? It depends how far they make it, I think. Let's I say think they, they make it to the title game to yes, lose. I, I think, think they get into it. I think they will be in. Um, but this is a team. They're 26-3. and three. I mean, you look at some of their wins. They've got a win at Florida, which is a really good win. Their losses came at Ole Miss, um, I guess, which isn't great. And then at UAB, who's probably the second-best team in Conference USA, and at Middle Tennessee. Um, But what I really like about this team is the makeup of it. You look at these mid-major teams, and I think guard play is really important to go um, upset a team. And what they got is they have one big averages about 10 a game i think he's like 6 11 and then they surround him with shooters i mean this fau team all four of their guards can shoot they're a smaller team but they're gonna run and ken palm ken palm's in on this fau team they're a well-rounded i know team. i just went on ken palm and i was kind of scrolling in like the mid 30s to 40s maybe even 50s range and i missed them because they're at 31 ken palm's in on them and that's what you're looking for when you pick a mid-major team like that is you're looking for a team with guards like that that can make shots. Yep, definitely. And My only question is if you – I granted, I haven't watched a ton of FAU ball this year. I think I've only tuned into like parts of two games. But if their big gets into foul trouble, is that causes for panic for them? That would be a <laughs> slight cause for panic. But I don't know. At that point, like – they just have – I just love their guards on the team. I yeah. love surrounding – I mean, the he's good. I don't know his name, to yeah. be completely honest with you. But when you surround him with shooters, and because in Conference USA, they tend to double him because he is. He can get buckets when they post him up down low. And then he's just – he's a good passer. He kicks it, and then they got shooters everywhere. Bang. Three. And let's be real. That's one of those teams where if you don't pick them in your bracket and they go on a nice little run, it's like Loyola. You look back and you just think, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go Final Four necessarily, but I can see them winning a couple games because they are a talented mid-major team. Yeah. For my last Dark Horse team, I have West Virginia, and this is one we kind of both agreed on, so we can both talk about this, but we've been talking about the Big 12. I mean, there's so many good teams in the Big 12 that it seems like every single game you play is a quad one game. Let's not forget the GOAT, Eric Stevenson, who we have... (laughs) Talked a lot about on Maiden March in years past. He's on his fourth college basketball team. And guess what? This year he's on West Virginia. And Bob Huggins said he's one of his favorite players he's ever coached because he can yell at him and Eric Stevenson will sit there and nod, which honestly is just a perfect encapsulation of Eric Stevenson, in my opinion. It's just a funny image. Um, And they also have Joe Toussaint from Iowa. So they've got some familiar faces. And I don't really know. It seems like yeah, I know that their record's not going to be that good. They probably have, what, 17 wins, something like that. I don't have it mm-hmm. up in front of me. And their Big 12 record is <laughs> probably pretty laughable, probably about five or six games below 500. But that doesn't really matter to me when you're playing in the Big 12. And it feels like when I watch them, most games, I'm not going to say all games, but most games they're pretty darn competitive in. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like this West Virginia team. They are very competitive in the Big 12. The one thing that scares me is... They don't have a win over any of the big Big 12 teams. They lost right two to that. Kansas, two to Baylor, and two to Texas, who I would say are probably the consensus top three in the conference. So that scares me just a little bit. Yeah, and when we're talking about West Virginia, it, 
it's no guarantee that they're going to make the tournament. Yeah. I mean, they're very much on the bubble. I think in Jerry Palms, they were the second to last team in. It was the last four in were Mississippi State, Wisconsin, our school, uh, West Virginia, and Michigan getting the last spot. Just getting back to it, I, I have a weird feeling Michigan gets in. Yeah, I dude, I kind of hope they do. Um, I do too. I'll pick. If them. you guys haven't tuned into Michigan basketball, you really should because I love Kobe Bufkin. Yes, this game is Michigan. so pleasing. I hate Michigan as a school, as a basketball team, as a program. I'm not a fan of Juwan Howard. Yeah, but I love Kobe Bufkin and I love his game. Kobe Bufkin, he can play in the league too. He's yeah. got the game that yeah, translates. He's I don't pretend to be a scout, but when I watch <laughs> Michigan ball, I think that's a guy that can go pick up 12 points in the NBA right now. Yeah, right now. Definitely. Um, just getting back to West Virginia real quick. Um, the computers really like them. They're 24 mm-hmm. in the net. And what are they in Ken Palm? They're high in Ken Palm. Something really good. Yeah, they're 19th in Ken Palm. So they have something going for them. Yeah, you guys have heard us mention Ken Palm a lot. And I know we've talked about it a little bit, but it's just this really advanced metric that has proven to be pretty accurate. I think yes. like the last 17, 16 out of the last 17 winners, with the exception of that UConn seven seed team that won it Which all, is just always an exception like, for everything. Yeah, it fit like some metric. <laughs> what was it, top 30 in adjusted offense I think defense? it's top 37 in offense and top 22 in defense. Um, so Alex, that's, I hate to say it, but Marquette does not meet those metrics. yeah. But there are some teams that meet it, like Creighton, surprisingly, who mm-hmm. clocks in at 14 at Kempom. Another interesting... I don't I don't know if they classify technically as Dark Horse team, but they're going to be probably a 7 seed yeah. or an 8 seed, and they have a lot of players on that team. I mean, obviously, these are just numbers and metrics, so I'm not telling you you should base your bracket solely off no, who Kempom yeah. ranks the highest, but it is proven to be fairly accurate. So. Yes, and if... I Right, don't use it to make your bracket, but if you see a team... That is like on the bubble, but they're top fifteen in Ken Palm, or something like that. It's one of those teams where let's say you don't like them just based on your initial analysis. You should maybe take a second glance. Yeah. Go back to the last two years. You look at UNC. Yeah, let's look at twenty twenty two last year. North Carolina nine nine seed or eight seed. They were sixteenth in Ken Palm. And this stops at the end of the regular season, correct? Yep. And go back one more year. And look at Arkansas. I mean, they, well, okay, Arkansas, I guess, was like a four seed. Go but back one more year for me. Yeah, 2021. You can look for UCLA. Yep, look at UCLA. 11 seed in a playing game, 13th in Ken Palm. Ooh. And what do you know? Wow. And, and Loyola, Chicago was 10th in Ken Palm, and they were an eight seed. Yep. So, once again, it, it is not perfect, but there is a method to their madness. Yep. And it's and really it's something to keep an eye on. And if you're a data nerd also... It's really fun to look at. Yeah, it is. It really is. The, the amount of times I've looked at Ken Palm over the past, over since college. While basketball sitting in started. class, just doing it's, nothing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That was fun. Kind of dusting off the uh, the old podcasting mic here. It was a good time. Yeah, so we got through um, what we wanted to cover, but I want I want a question for you. Okay. Give me your final four. As of right now, give me four teams. Obviously not having seen so, the bracket. Yes. The way, and I, I want to preface this by saying these are not the four teams that I think are the best necessarily, but when I, because when I do my bracket, I like to, you know, include a three year or four seed in there because two reasons. Number one, if it hits, it's just really cool. And number two, if you have all one seeds in your final four and that is what ends up happening, you're going to be with like 30% of the population. So I'm sort of tailoring this to as if I was filling out a bracket, but I'll give you some teams. 
Houston, UCLA, Gonzaga, and then I want to have like a dark, dark horse Final Four team. I'm talking like a Creighton or something like that. Okay. There's four. I like that. And I'm going to hit you guys with four that are none of the same. Okay. I'm going to hit you with Alabama, UConn, Baylor, and Kansas. I hope we have different Final Fours. (laughs) Because guess what? Our brackets were too similar last year, and it turned out terrible for both of us. Give me a winner pick. Give me a winner pick. Gonzaga. I think it would be so poetic if the year Gonzaga wasn't a one seed and the year that everyone was trashing them and betting against them that they did it. Um, What about you? I'd be between Baylor and Alabama, personally. Um, The thing about Baylor is defensively they're not great, but I think Scott Drew is just that good of a coach where he will get them ready on the defensive side of the ball, and they have a ton, a ton of guards that can fill it up. Yes, they do. How do you feel about Alabama's past couple games? They've been cutting some of them kind of close. They've been a little bit shaky. Um, but do you attribute have, it sort of to the whole Brandon Miller situation? Yeah, possibly there's, some there's a lot of noise going on with that program, um, but they're a deep team. They can rebound. Brandon Miller's exceptional. And Mark Sears has done a fantastic job filling in and yeah. running point. Yeah, he really has. Mark's is going to be fun this yeah, year. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be I so can't much wait. fun. Yeah. I literally can't wait. Once again, we'll be back recording exactly a week from now. You can bet on that. Yep. That's when our spring break starts. So we should be free to record. That's at least the hope. Fingers crossed. But so a week from now, and then we're also obviously going to do our bracket breakdown on Selection Sunday, where a couple after... A couple hours after Selection Sunday, we give our initial thoughts. Things can obviously change, but it's just gut reaction. What mm-hmm. are we thinking? Anything else to add? Yeah, I would say I touched on this at the beginning, but just stay tuned. We're going to be releasing our bracket challenge. Yes. Um, we want all of our listeners to be a part of that. We want to give out some cash to the winner, the people that can beat us. 50 big ones. Yep, so it's it's going to be fun. Look out for that. We'll try and stay a bit more active on social media as well. Yeah. Anyways, this was fun, and uh, until next time, this is Made in March.